How do you define a successful life? If your answer can be summarized as earthly excellence and sacred significance, you're at the right place. Join host Stephanie Smith as she shares three keys unlocking a life of lasting purpose. Learn yourself, love God, and live connected. You'll become smarter about yourself, skilled in human dynamics, savvy about the Christian faith, and strengthened to pass this wisdom on to upcoming generations. And now let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to Life's Key 3, where you are equipped to be and become your best self through the three key aims of life, and that is to learn yourself, to love God, and to live connected. This year on the Life's Key 3 podcast, we are primarily focusing on looking at some significant passages or entire books of the Bible, and then as a subscriber to Highlights, a weekly newsletter, you and your family have a built-in Bible study. There are three days of reading assignments with some additional insights and discussion questions, and those are generally also broken up and make reference to a children's Bible for very young children. Sometimes we do get into topics where there's not a specific passage for that, but that's okay because I just substitute that with some other quality materials from the Bible that you can use for those preschoolers if you have them in your home and family. We've already covered the book of 1 Samuel and the very short but powerful book of Ruth. And today we are going to switch to the New Testament and we are going to start taking a look at the Gospel of John. Before we dive in, would you just take a moment now or when you are finished with this episode and leave a review and a rating for the podcast? In the world of algorithms, this helps other people to be able to find and locate the podcast. And so that's just something that I would really value and appreciate you just taking the time to be able to do that. All right, let's dive in and start taking a look at the Gospel of John. This is not one of the synoptic Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic Gospels because they have a similar structure and their narration, and a lot of the stories that they tell. So they're not exact duplicates of one another, but there is enough similarity in those three that they are called the synoptic gospels because that comes from a Greek word that means in being able to take a general or comprehensive view together. The gospel of John is a little different. We don't get the story of the birth of Christ but that doesn't mean that we don't get the backstory. As a matter of fact, what John does in his gospel is he begins in the very beginning. He says, in the beginning was the word. Do those first three words ring a bell? Where else have you read those? Aha, you're right. In the very first chapter and the very first verse of the Bible as we have it today, in the book of Genesis, what does the whole story open with? In the beginning. And in Genesis, it goes on to say, God created, and it goes on to talk about creation. In the Gospel of John, he also begins with, in the beginning. But he goes on to say, was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So even though he doesn't tell the story of the birth of Christ here on this earth, he does go back to the beginning to talk about the origin story 
of Jesus. And from there, John just jumps in feet first. He says he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Yes, he just basically stated the same thing in two different formats. So he wants to really emphasize the the point here that everything was made by Jesus in partnership and as part of that nature of God as being God's son. And he doesn't want to leave any doubt as to Jesus' role and his purpose and who he was. He goes on to say, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. From the very beginning of his gospel, he states unequivocally, Jesus was God. He was the God-man. He was God-made flesh. He was the Messiah. Jews who were familiar with the Old Testament during the time that John wrote this would have understood from the very opening verses what John was saying. He was saying that the word, which he later refers to very clearly as Jesus Christ, was God. There was no room for doubt. It wasn't even something that he he builds up to. It is something that he states clearly from the very beginning. In the very first part of this chapter, actually in about the first 28 verses, which is the equivalent of entire chapters in other um, parts of the Bible, John doesn't even mention the name Jesus or Christ. Instead, he uses two figures of speech or two analogies to introduce us to Jesus Christ. And one is the word. That's the first way that he identifies him as the word. Now, why would that be so important? And why would John go back and begin this with in the beginning? Well, go back to Genesis 1 and the the first couple of chapters in Genesis and think, how did God create the world? Well, He spoke it into existence. He spoke and there was light. He spoke and he made the dry land separate from the waters. He spoke and the insects came to be. He spoke the birds into creation. And so it was God's word that started this entire process of what we know as earth and humankind. Now, when it came to the creation of people, the language actually changed a little bit. And when we get to studying the book of Genesis, we'll dive into that. So I don't want to go down a rabbit trail on that right now. But the significance of God as the word, of John using this as saying Jesus was the word, isn't just because he needed a metaphor. This was a powerful statement of He was in the beginning. He was part of this speaking everything into creation. And so when John goes on to reiterate very early here that everything was made by him and nothing was made apart from him, he's tying all of this together to say he doesn't just appear at some point in human history as an afterthought. He was there from the beginning in this very powerful form 
of being the word. And then the second metaphor that he uses here is that of the light. And I don't want to downplay the significance of what he is saying by equating Jesus as being the light as, oh, it was just some sort of metaphor. It was metaphor, yes, but it was also truth in the sense that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That was one of the ways he identified himself. He also said, I am the light of the world. So in some respects, yes, that's a metaphor, but we don't want to think of it in terms that, oh, it was just kind of a cute expression. It was a powerful representation of who he was and who he still is and always will be. And when John talks about the light and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it, again, he's kind of echoing back to the very beginning when it tells us in Genesis that the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the earth. And then God said, let there be light, which interestingly, there was light before he ever made the sun. So how did that happen? Well, we'll maybe look at that another time when we go back to Genesis. But again, this isn't John just being poetic and trying to think of, oh, maybe I could just go back to Genesis and the Torah. It is a matter that he is repeating something incredibly relevant, not just for the Jews of his time, but also for us today to understand that Jesus was there from the beginning. He has always been part of God. There is this triune nature there, and he is the light of the world, and through him everything does exist that ever has been or will be made. And then John goes on to write about John the Baptist. And who was he? He was a witness about the light that all might believe in Jesus. John the Baptist was not the light. He was not the Messiah. But he came to bear witness about the light. And then John also tackles in the very opening of chapter 1, where he doesn't say this directly, but understanding who he was writing to in the context of his times, when he talks about that he, Jesus, came into the the world, he came to his own, but his own people did not receive him. He's saying here he came to the, the Jews, but the Jewish people by and large rejected him. Obviously not every individual, but the Jewish leadership certainly did. And so it says then, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And what he's saying here is, hey, just let's just get this out in the open from the very beginning. To everyone who did receive him, which included the Gentiles, he gave the right to become children of God. John begins by laying out the divinity of Christ, and then he begins by laying out the mission of Christ, and then he makes it very clear from the beginning, salvation through Jesus Christ is for everyone. It's not just for a select few. It's not just for a certain race. It's not just for a certain uh, time period and group of people. It is available to everyone who believes in him. 
And then he goes on to write some of the most beautiful words in all of scripture in verse 14, when he says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. That that is just impossible for us to really wrap our minds around. We've had the correlation before of imagine if we became like an ant or a grasshopper or, I don't know, maybe an aardvark. But even with that, the distinction between us becoming an ant, not like an ant, but an actual ant, doesn't even compare to Jesus becoming a, a human being because we were still created by God, just like ants were. Jesus was not a created being who went from one form to another. He was God made flesh. This is the greatest display of empathy the world has ever seen. If you ever doubt the power of empathy, remember the coming of Christ. So there's three things I want us to take away from this passage, and it's not even the entire chapter. It's just the very first passages in in this chapter. But it's very rich because, first of all, we need to realize that as we are made in the image of God, Christian or not, we still bear the stamp of God's design within us. Our words have incredible power. Whoever said or penned, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, either was being incredibly sarcastic, and we've misunderstood their words ever since, or they were incredibly deceived, or they were just flat out lying. That is not true. Our words are one of the most powerful tools that we have. Words are one of the most powerful forces that are at work in this world. It is through our words that we speak life or death to ourselves as well as to others. When we remember that God created the world, everything that we see in it and everything that we can't even yet see, we're still discovering in the world, in the oceans, in the universes, that all of those three things were created using speech. And as we are made in his image, that is both a sobering and an awesome thought that our words also have such incredible power. And so we want to be diligent and faithful stewards of the power of language that we have been given. And whether our words are spoken orally or whether they are printed or they're typed, whether they're sent out over a social media post or they're written in a long letter with calligraphy, our words have incredible power. And we want to use our words to bring light into the world just like Jesus did. Jesus did not come into the world cursing the darkness. He came into the world obliterating the darkness. You don't eliminate darkness by cursing it. If I walk into a room and the light's turned off, 
if I stand there and, and I just scream and I rage and I'm angry and I say all kinds of terrible things, the light doesn't come on. If I walk into a room that is dark and I say all kinds of wonderful, positive, affirming, delightful things, guess what? The light doesn't come on. I have to do something to actually turn the light on in order for the darkness to cease. We live in a world of darkness. It has been dark ever since the fall of mankind back in the beginning. Our words will either bring light into the world or they will continue to perpetuate the darkness that exists. So we want to honor the power of our words with which God has entrusted us with this skill. We also want to be people who bring light into the world, not just people who complain about the darkness. And lastly, we want to remember and then to put into practice in our own lives the incredible power of empathy. Jesus made flesh was empathy to the degree that we will never be able to duplicate, but we can certainly imitate. Don't underestimate the power of empathy, of stepping into someone else's shoes. Jesus didn't need to come to the world and take on human form because God and the triune nature of God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, it wasn't like they were all in heaven going, hmm, gosh, you know, wonder what it would like to be human. Hmm, that's really interesting. You know, maybe one of us should just go try that out one day and, and come back and tell us what it was like to be a human being. They did not need to have a plan for one of them to come and to take on human form. We needed to know that God understood us from the inside out. We needed God to show up and to step into our shoes because of what we needed to know and understand. Sometimes you may very well understand what it is in somebody else's shoes, but they might need you to step into their perspective into their situation so that they can understand, ah, you really get it, you really understand. Sometimes we can read passages in the Bible and it just kind of becomes theology and it's a belief that we have, but it can be like, but how do I actually live this out in my real life? What do I do with this when my washing machine has broken down or I have no money to be able to pay bills that I'm going to have to pay this month, or I'm dealing with an illness. So how do we apply this to those three key aims of life? Learn yourself, love God, and live connected. First of all, learn yourself. We can look and say, how are we using our words? Are we speaking words of light, or are we speaking words that align with darkness? Are we also being people of empathy? Are we stepping into other people's shoes? You know, you can understand someone without being required to agree with them. So empathy isn't the same as just having compassion that we agree with someone about. It's being able to understand someone and have compassion for them, even if you don't agree with them. And growing in our love for God, to be able to see Yes, he gave his one and only son. He loves us so much that he stepped into our situation. 
this wasn't a one and done event. It wasn't like, well, okay, I'm going to have empathy this one time in a really big way, so I'm going to send my son Jesus down to earth, and then that's kind of it, folks. No, no, no. He continues to empathize with us. He is here and present with us in our current lives and situations, and we can count on him. And that is how we can respond to him with a love that is real and practical, and it's not just this theological exercise. And of course, living connected, what's that go back to? It goes back to our words and it goes back to our empathy. All right, we're going to wrap up. Even though we only covered a little bit of that first chapter of John, it's just a rich chapter. And so we're going to dive into more of that on the next episode. Again, take a few moments. It doesn't take very long. Just leave a rating and a review. And if you haven't already, hop on over to the website, stephaniepresents.com, sign up for Highlights, the weekly newsletter, share this with a friend or family member, and most of all, remember this, my friend, you have an impact that is immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable. Thank you for listening. For information on speaking engagements and other resources, visit the website at stephaniepresents.com. Remember, learn yourself, love God, and live connected.